0: With you. Yeah. Yeah. prepare you, for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you, but still in all, huh? give you every advantage I found, couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown, huh? and since the baton was passed, hopping down, cause feelin's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all. Huh?
1: Welcome, welcome everybody, my name is Ishmael from dad is not a now, and I hope everyone's doing well, I'm doing well, my guest is doing well. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and I'm truly pri- privileged and honored to have Sophrona McLennan. She created the Zoe Alexander Foundation in the memory of her daughter, Zoe Alexander, who passed away at the age of six years old on Christmas day, 2019, from brain cancer. So uh, Sophrona, thank you for coming on. How are you doing?
2: Um, I'm, I'm good.
1: How how are you feeling? How's how's Wella doing?
2: (laughs) You know, actually I'm I'm doing better than expected, you know, because this Friday is her birthday, so it's a emotional week, but yes.
1: That's good. How's how's Wella doing?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing good.
1: Okay 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 um i was talking about your mom your gra- uh zoe's grandmother how she's doing oh my
2: mom my mom is doing mom. good she's doing she's, good
1: she's
2: good yeah
1: but did i did i get that uh pronunciation right uh wella or is, did i get it wrong
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, grandma oh um yes. mean is her name but yeah no she's doing good
1: yeah that's good that's good um first thing i want to ask you you know People act like the pandemic is over, but I want to ask you in the beginning, what have you learned about yourself um, through the through the pandi- pandemic?
2: Wow. Um, the pandemic, I feel um, what I've learned is that you have to just live for today, whatever it is that you want to do. You should just do it. You should just try it. You shouldn't wait, you know the foundation was launched in the middle of a pandemic when the country was shutting down. Here I am. Oh, we're launching on Easter Sunday. And I wasn't changing. I wasn't stopping. I know some people told me to wait a year. Some people said, why are you going to do it now? And I said, this is the time. Shut down or no shutdown, we're going to launch. So, you know, I just feel that right now people should just do what they want to do. Do what you love to do. Do what you're passionate about. And I feel if the pandemic didn't show you that or teach you that, or if you didn't learn something about yourself, then you're probably never gonna learn, you know? Not to be just blunt about it, but you know, it's like now is the time, what are you waiting for?
1: Definitely. And then also what, why the color green? Why the color green is so significant to, to the foundation?
2: It's significant because that is Zoe's color. Um, my daughter Sophia uh, Alexandria loved green. Green was her color. My favorite color is pink. For her, it had to be green. Um, quick story: she had she was doing ballet. I went out. I was so excited. I went out and bought all um, pink leotard, pink ballet slippers, and I'm like, oh, she got all dressed up. Then she told me, sit down. We need to talk. I said, what? Here I am all excited. She's all in pink, you know? She said, sit down, we need to talk. Then she said, all pink? My color is green. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But she said to me in her exact words was, I don't wanna disappoint you because I know you love me so much, but I don't like pink. Green is my color. And I was like, wow. And that was her exact words. And from that moment on, I'm just like, wow, you know, everything had to be green. I knew she loved green, but I didn't know how much she loved it. But for me, I told her that I felt that I love the fact that she was her own individual. She wanted to do what she wanted to do. And she knew what she loved. She knew what she wanted. And I couldn't force her, you know. So I got told off. (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> um um but also just talk about that as a you know a proud mother like at that early age she knew what she liked because you know sometimes kids at the early age are so indecisive they're like oh, i like green one day and then the next day they like blue but yeah just talk about that just as a mother like she kind of knew not kind of she knew that's her green her color you you weren't going to change her mind
2: she knew and she picked out green things. I, it, you know, for little girl, it's hard to find green. I did try to shop and buy, I didn't care what brand it was. I just bought it because it was green, but it was limited, you know? But after that day that she told me that I'm like, wow, I try to find everything green. Like I knew she loved green but things were limited, but I did buy a lot of pink because that's my color. But yeah, I got put in my place proper. But you know, she everything had to be green. I know she got an Easter basket one time and it had these pink peeps. And I you know, I have the video on my phone, and she said, This this is not for, for me, they bought this for you. I like this. <laughs> she always knew and always expressed that, but I love that yeah. about her because it's like you just can't change who she was, you know.
1: And it seemed like from the conversation I'm having from you is that at at an early age she was very observant mm-hmm. about everything she saw, and then also she didn't hold anything back. She told you how she felt.
2: Yes, she always did, <laughs> and you know it was in a nice way, in a sweet voice, but it it came out very direct and precise. So um, she was very articulate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And then also, um, last year, um, was her seventh birthday. Um, uh, I'm gonna play this video for you. Um, I found it on your um your YouTube uh, page. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna bring it up. Uh, let's see. Take me back to this day last year.
2: Oh wow!
1: As oh. a mother, seeing your daughter. On a Times Square billboard.
2: Um, it was exciting, you know. I I remember driving. We were driving down that um, uh, was it Forty Second? And I mm-hmm. saw, it, and I'm like, "Oh, Zoe!" And I immediately started crying because you know I was in the passenger seat, and I'm like, "Oh my God!" Like, look at Zoe. So you know it's a proud moment but it's it's um it was a sad one but it was a proud one but it was exciting and it just showed who she was like she was just very bright and had so much to share she was an inspiration and you know this is going to go on and on and on and it's it's you can't even really put into words how you feel you know
1: so. Yeah, definitely. It's it's also because normally when you see billboard of people, it's usually famous people, you know, mm-hmm. and to just see how your daughter is in the middle of Times Square where everyone can see, and I think that kind of like from what we've talked about so far, that like goes with her personality, outgoing, mm-hmm. vibrant. You yeah. wouldn't even know that you know she's struggling inside because she exuded so much positivity to everybody she was uh, around.
2: Yeah, She was, um, Zoe was a special girl, you know, and a lot, there's just so many stories within stories and I just feel like she was an angel. She was here for a short period of time and so much things that she's taught me and things that she's told me, it's like, it's playing out now and things that didn't make sense back then, it it's making sense now. So it's almost like she was ahead of her time. Like she knew, you know, I didn't know, but she knew.
1: Oh, so. wow. Wow. And like, take me back to when Zoe was born. Take me back to that time when you held her in your arm.
2: Um, That was, a, it was exciting. You know, it was my, um, my, first child my only child and I remember when they gave her to me I was like oh she peed on me immediately (laughs) I I have that photo it's like it was a special moment I will always remember that moment there was there's a lot of special moments with her you know I never knew in a million years that I would just get six years I I you know this was unexpected Everything that came after was unexpected, you know?
1: And as a baby, was she just a happy baby? Because I know when I was growing up, I was a baby that always screamed a lot, Uh, (laughs) crying all the time for food, just crying, just just to cry, just to cry. Like, how was she like as a baby? She was
2: a happy baby. She was a sweet baby. She was very loving. Um, She really... Honestly, she gave no trouble even throughout the pregnancy. I had what I thought was an easy pregnancy. I went walking every day. I was walking five to 10 miles a day, eating whatever I wanted to eat. You know, I never had any issues. So it was almost like everything else was great. And then it led up to something else. But Zoe never, she never gave trouble, you know.
1: And then um, over time, take me back to when you found out that she had that rare cancer.
2: That honestly, um, that like just gets me upset. Like I, that, that moment, you know, we'll go back to it because I think that it's important. And I feel like people in general just need to understand their child and, and, and notice changes and not just go based on the doctor says, because honestly, you tend to lose some respect for, for some of these people in the medical field because they like to play God. I know with Zoe, um, my mom, cause my mom actually lives in Florida. She doesn't live in New York. You know, when I had Zoe, she came up and then she was helping me with her. And over time it was like, she just stopped eating. I think it was about six months she stopped eating couldn't figure out what was going on now me as a mom i'm like i was a new mom you know and i'm like what's going on i took her to the emergency room like we went to different doctors tried different things but i bought every food on the market like i literally bought one of everything you know and she just wouldn't really eat it and over time it was like um the doctor said that Oh, she had a behavioral problem, you know, because it started progressing when she was just drinking. And, you know, when you're not eating as a child, you tend to lose weight. She was already thin, you know. Um, I went to every specialist to figure out why she's not eating. They told me she needs to go into a feeding program and she needed feeding therapy. All along, my daughter was sick, you know, and it got to the point that this wasn't really detected until she was two. Wow. So it was like a back and forth struggle with her eating and not eating certain things. I'm a picky eater, right. you know. I don't eat certain things that I never did as a kid. And um I would never eat it now. Like, but you know, people were saying, Oh, well, you're picky, maybe she's picky. I'm like, she's a little p- picky because she's not really eating certain things. Right. So the doctor told me she had a behavioral problem that was strike one. So that completely pissed me off. So all along, she was having this brain tumor. So she kept like hitting herself in the head. Right. And she said it was a behavioral issue. And come to find out later on, when we found out that it was cancer, she was having like extreme pain while she kept doing that, you know? Right. So it was, it's, it's just a sad situation where something could have been detected earlier on. And what led up to this moment? I was at work, you know, and my mom said to me, you know, Zoe didn't look too good. And I'm like, what, what's going on? She was like having trouble um, walking and, and stuff like that. So I'm bring her to the, to the pediatrician. the so I went to a different pediatrician because the other one I was just done with her. So I went to that pediatrician and, you know, I'm thinking, oh, she sprained her leg or something. Cause she liked to dance. Right. So all along when she's having this brain tumor, she was still doing things as a normal kid, you know? So I got to pediatrician. said so she wanted lab work. She did range of motion everything. She's like, she didn't really say anything. She's not sure what's going on, she took labs. Right. So this was like a Friday. And then we wouldn't get the labs back until Monday. So then Saturday now, um, she couldn't stand up. So I'm right. like, what is going on? So my mom was like, oh, she's not stand up. So I'm like, okay, we we'll go to the emergency room. It's like, what is happening? Right. I didn't know that I was gonna get the news that I got. First, we went to the emergency room. I said, um, I'm not gonna say the hospital that I was going to first, the mm-hmm. hospital that I took her to first, every week for a month and they sent me home Told me to leave. They threw me out of the hospital and I went back. Oh, you're a new mom. One doctor laughed at me. Oh, you're a new mom. Send me home. Nothing is wrong with her. Meanwhile, the cancer was progressing. So here we are now, not too far off from when it was detected. You know, we went to the emergency room, I I actually went to St. Mary's. I said, I heard St. Mary's was good. They had a a feeding program and everything. So I I went to St. Mary's. I'm like, why is the parking lot so empty? You know, like this is, it was weird. So I saw a lady, I said, where's the emergency room? She was like, oh, this is not really a hospital for with an emergency room. This is where kids come for a long-term stay. I said, oh, okay, so. I'm like, where is the hospital? She sent me to a local children's hospital. So I'm like, thank you. I turned around, the woman was gone. So I'm like, no. I said, okay. So we go to the hospital now that I've never heard of. So I had to put in my navigation. We went there,
1: right.
2: waited five and a half hours in the emergency room because I don't know what was happening that day and it was just packed. So we waited five and a half hours only to find out that she had a brain tumor spread down her spine so she had a big tumor in her tailbone she also um the it blocked the spinal fluid so the spinal fluid wasn't um going down so it was backing up on her brain now there's really nowhere for it to go so she kept like getting sleepy so the doctor at three o'clock in the morning said they had to do emergency brain surgery and she had a day to live and then my mom said, what? We need a second opinion in his exact words. She's gonna die. And I wow. was like, you know. So that's when the journey started. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So she had emergency surgery they drained her brain um, to get the fluid out. Cause he said that she was falling asleep. She could have fell asleep and just never woke up, you wow. know? So um, so she had that and then um, she had uh, eight months of chemotherapy, three stem cell transplant. She had several brain surgeries. She was cancer free. Then like a year later it came back. Then she was cancer free again. Then a year later it came back. But the third time it just wasn't, um, it she had different child drugs. Like it started to go away. Like it would, it would get smaller, it would shrink a little, and then it would start growing again. So we use a different child drug, then it would shrink a little, then it would start growing and got to the point where um, she had ended up, 2019 was just a nightmare because that, uh, I think it was February uh, 3rd or 4th, we went into the emergency room you know she she told me she wanted to go to the hospital like she didn't look too good like she had right. trouble walking right so I'm like um you know like wow and that's one of the signs too like it affects walking it affects balance it affects speech it affects eating it affects a lot of things so oh. We went to the hospital and she hates hospital. Like, I don't like hospitable is what she call it. I don't like hospitable. And then when she's asking me to take her to the hospital, I'm like, oh my God. So, you know, we went there and then the next day she ended up on life support. They gave her three days to, to live. So, and um, she fell in a coma. She woke up and she still had the cancer it didn't go away but it was going away then um that's where you know in 2019 after waking up from a coma she had to relearn how to walk and talk and use her hands because her body was completely deconditioned because she was um in a coma for so long so you know And it's been a journey, you know, along the journey too. It's like um, the third time the cancer came back, they told me, oh, they can't do anything for her. Now that's the worst thing in the world. Um, I basically, um, I didn't know what to do with myself. Like I came home and we lay in the bed crying for like a day. I'm like, I can't do this. I'm like, I'm not built for this. So I said, you know, I'm going to find a doctor. I'm going to find a hospital. I mean, I'll cry for a day. And then after that, I was like, (laughs) I wrote to every major hospital in the country, email every major hospital in the country, um, got her into a study and then that's what kind of really helped her that time around. You know, I had more time with her because I could have lost a whole year. Right. So I feel like, you know, medically, there's only so much her body could have taken, you right. know? Like she had just so much. And it's like, you literally, you know, when they say you are running out of time, like I, I there was nothing more I could have done, you know? Right. So... That was the cancer journey, the brief version.
1: <laughs> no, that that was that was on point. Um, but um, how did community play a role in helping you? Because I know this couldn't be a, a a fight alone. So um, talk about how the uh, community embraced and uh, and helped you do, do do that journey.
2: Well, community wise, um. You know, you have friends, you have family, but, you know, to be honest, um some family I don't even speak to anymore. Some friends I don't even speak to anymore because, you know, when there's a problem, people disappear in the beginning. It's like, text, text, how are you doing? How are you doing? And then after a week, it's like, you know, like, hmm, I don't see you. Right. So as the journey goes on, you lose, um, in, like, Real family, but then you gain family through other families, like you get to know other families, you get to to know other people, then you see who your real friends are, you know, like you know who's actually real. Right. So, during the journey, I wasn't even home a lot. Um, I spent a lot of time at the Ronald McDonald house. We actually mm-hmm. stayed there when she had chemotherapy because it was right next door to the hospital. So, we'll pack go there. If the chemo cycle was like two weeks to a week, you know, we'll stay there for two weeks, then come home for two weeks. But I, we spent a lot of time there. Like for a good eight months, I wasn't even staying at my place. Like I came back and forth, you know, to like get clothes, pay bills, but I never stayed here. So, um, you know, we stayed at the Ronald McDonald house. You get to, to learn about other families. There's other organizations that will help you with different things. If you need help in that sense, That's why the foundation today is important. You know, that's why I created those programs because I've actually lived the nightmare. And I know behind the scenes what's needed and what we can help with and what people actually want to do. You know, so I felt it was important to actually give back because that's really what it's about, you know.
1: Definitely. And it's just crazy how like uh, complete strangers just, just out of the blue willing to help. Like you were saying, like you you think you have family members that's going to be there and they're not there. And then someone that you never met or just come out of the blue, say, you know what? I I, I relate. I want to help you. How can I help you? Um, So it's like talk about how um, faith, church and then also talk about um, how like. Uncle Mike. <laughs> yeah, Mike came into the picture. Yes. <laughs>
2: brother Mike, actually, I go to church in Queens. I go to New Jerusalem church in Queens. So Brother Mike, go, that's, he goes to my brother's church. So they had um, a couple of functions, I think, with my nephew, Alexander. I think he got baptized and a couple other functions that we went to. So that's how we actually met him. But he's, you know... He's very easygoing. It's like when you speak to him, you feel like you've just known him a long time. Like, he's very understanding. He listens. So Brother Mike is, you know, he's one of those cool dudes that was just like, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, he never gets tired of hearing this story. And it's like, you know, he he's, um, you know, he's been helpful along the way.
1: Definitely. Um. And can you talk about the story? Like, I think you told me off the phone a little bit that he he was there when I think when when your daughter was gone.
2: Yes. Um. Zoe passed away. Um. They declared her brain dead, and then they wanted me to take her off life support. I couldn't do it. So they had set up. Um. time they set up a day that they were gonna enjoy and i'm like you know because she's on life support her vitals when you look on the screen everything was like to perfection like a normal child so i'm like how can i take her off life support like i personally couldn't do it i said i'm not doing it so they talk about oh you can you know take you to court and get a court order i said do whatever you have to do if I have to be forced, then you guys can make that decision. I wasn't going to do it, you know? So that Sunday, the whole thing was just um, when I think back, you know, I had a lot of family and people there, and they were going to take her off life support on the Monday, right. so the every day was so crazy at the hospital. I'm like, it's it's just so crazy. Like I want these moments with my daughter. So that Sunday, I told family and friends, I'm like, I don't want anybody here. I said, this is my day. It's my time with my child. It was just too much. Cause you know, when people come to the hospital, it's like, oh, this question and that question. And they start talking and as if then they're oblivious to what's going on and they don't understand, you know, so I wanted that day. So I had set that time aside, and know my brother went to church. He said him and brother Mike, <laughs> they were at church, and he was coming that day. But then that it was weird because her vitals was like getting crazy. Someone, like, right. oh. I said, what's going right. on? So then my brother was coming. And I said, Zoe, please. I was like, don't. I said,
1: right.
2: not yet. I was like, you know, wait a little bit. Wait for Uncle. Right. You know. Right. So, you Do you know that everything kind of stabilized? I was really? like, oh, I was like, you're still in there. <laughs> Cause you know, in my mind,
1: right.
2: she wasn't going anywhere. You right. know, like I was still hoping and praying that she would wake up. Right. So, you know, they get there and it's like, everything went crazy again right. and then her heart stopped on its own, so she took that burden from me because I couldn't do it. So she actually passed away Christmas Sunday, which was the 22nd. Right. Yeah. Wow.
1: Wow. Yeah. And um, that's, that's, wow, wow. Yeah. Um, but um, like take me to that, that that moment, not that moment, but take me to that 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 day when you had that time. It was just her and you.
2: It was her, me, my mom, and my brother was there also. But it was just time with her to just be right. with her and to, you know, it was just to just lay in the bed next to her and just be with her for the last moments. So even after her heart stopped, we still had to, you know, advocate for her. Like she had to get a bath, she had to be primed. I did her nails, you know, we, my mom gave her a bath. She got dressed and was, you know, off to the funeral home with respect, you know?
1: And Wow. And it's, it's just it's just to show that you know, in, in, in her passing, that so many people that was important in her life was there, and so I, I I felt personally that it was okay for her to go because she had you, her grandmother, like the like the important people that's been a part of our life, her journey, they were there.
2: Honestly, who needs to be there was there. Like some people who were not there, then it's it, it really didn't matter to me. Like my focus is my daughter, you know? And people forget that. Okay, um, she's the focus, she's the one that's sick, you know. People get caught up in themselves and then get selfish, and it's like they want to be catered to. I'm not educated to people, I'm catered to my child. So, if you don't want to be there for her, you don't want to be there for us. And I don't really need somebody to be there for me. But where she was concerned, if you don't want to show up for her, then you know, the way I see it, if you're not team Zoe, I'm not team nothing for you.
1: That's facts. And let's let's <laughs> let's take a, let's just let's go back a little bit, take mm-hmm. me back to her uh preschool graduation.
2: Whew. So graduation, um, that was a very special day. Um, you know, she woke up from a coma, she couldn't do certain things, okay. and her body was so deconditioned, you know, we had to to play little games and we did a lot of play-doh and stuff for her to be able to use her hands and to do stuff. That's why with um the Her logo, I don't know if you can see, like her logo, this is her last signature that came with my card, you know? So it's that was her last signature. So it's important to me. So she had to relearn how to write her name. She was going to a preschool. She was so excited to go back to school and she couldn't walk. She went in her stroller. And like the first day she was going back, she was excited and she said, I hope my friends, you know, I'm um, gonna be okay. They're not gonna be impressed because I'm in the show. And I said, so everybody's gonna be happy to see you. Like she used to use these words. I'm like, where's this coming from? You know. I said, everybody's gonna just be happy to see you. They're gonna always be impressed. And she went there and she's like, I'm here. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna tell you, she woke up from a coma like a completely different kid. It was like, she was more outgoing, she was more vocal. She was more like, you know? Right. So um, that was, we went home, we were in the hospital in February. We went home sometime in April. Graduation was in June. So in April um, to like, to June, she couldn't walk. So right. she was regaining strength in therapy to walk. That was another issue too. They send me home. They wanted me to put her in a rehab. I'm like, I'm not putting my my child that has, you know, it could be immune compromised in some dirty, dusty rehab facility. I don't and I'm not leaving. She was never left alone. So I wasn't leaving my child in in a dirty rehab. And you know, did they send us home? We were happy to get out the hospital. And then when I came home, it was like, I had to find physical therapy on my own. That was delayed. And that made me angry, too, because it was like, this is time wasted, you know? So at that time, she still had some cancer on the spine. She still had some cancer there. She wasn't walking. Right. So um, it seemed like things were going away. She started to do certain things things where she can walk, but she had to be, um, supported. And, you know, one day, like, she, she used to love my bedroom. She has her own room, but she was obsessed with my room and, you know, my bed, the mama bed, she was always (laughs) in my bed. (laughs) So, you know, she was in here and the door was closed. So I'm like, you know, I was kind of pushed in. So I'm like peeking and I'm like, what is she up to? When I look in the room, She's walking around the bed with her hands around the bed. Wow. And I'm like, Zoe, she's like, oh, it was supposed to be a surprise. And I'm like, wow. So she was practicing. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And you know, we went to school. I was telling her teacher and she was like, wow. And then she made, she spoke to Zoe, and she said, you know, if you can walk by graduation, you're gonna lead the class out. And she practiced, she wanted to lead the class out. So she walked the class out. She had to be supported, but honestly, after that, it was like, she couldn't really walk again. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it, it was a crazy moment because it's almost like she walked for that moment and that moment in time and then, um, it's like wow well, you know
1: <laughs> yeah definitely but yeah just as a mother perspective just tell me that 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 moment in time seeing your daughter in the graduation uh outfit the hat and walking like just through a mother's perspective just tell me how you felt that day
2: I was proud of I mean proud is not even the word I was beyond proud of her you know it's like just seeing her, how she was in a hospital bed, on a ventilator, in a coma. She even had a stroke. It was, I mean, so many things happened. And then for her to define the odds and to wake up you know, which was just a crazy time in the hospital altogether because, you know, they said she's not going to make it. She's not going to make it. So, you know, there was a lot of words back and forth with medical professionals to let them know that they're not God. If it's not her time, it's not her time, you know? So for her to wake up and to have to relearn how to walk, relearn how to do certain things and to have that moment and for it to just actually be recorded, I, that's forever a special moment for me to just look back and just see her in that, you know, that was just her moment to shine. And she went right. through so much and she wanted to do it. Like she was practicing on her own to surprise, you know, that's what I tell people too, like my proudest moments of her is just who she was when no one was watching her, wow. you know? It's not even, you know, like there's clips of her on the news and different things. Like, that's right. not my proud moment.
0: Right. My
2: proudest moment is seeing my daughter practicing and doing things when no one is watching her. Because that's when she was really trying and fighting and determined to walk. walk, practicing walking around the bed, walking and holding on to the wall. You know, one morning I was going to work and my work schedule was a little crazy because, um, it was to accommodate her, so depending on medical appointments, I would either go in early in the morning, or later. So I got up one morning and it was like I think five thirty in the morning. She's walking along the wall, right? And I'm like, "Dude, what are you doing? Go to my playroom." You know, she had a playroom with all right. her kitchen and her toys, and she held onto the wall, and you know, she went and she played. She had to hold on to something to walk. But, you know, when she was tired or she couldn't, she was just crawl around. But she made it to her playroom and I was like, wow, you know. Then the medication that she was on um, stopped working. So uh, when the cancer started to progress and it was on her spine, you know, she couldn't walk. And, you know, I know we ended up, um, right. she had said to me she wanted to go to the beach house. So I'm right. like, beach house? She's like, we need a holiday. I'm like, you know. <laughs> so that was her thing when she wanted right. to get away, We need a, ho- I need a holiday. I'm right. like, what? She told my mom, she said, me and mama need a holiday. So I was like, okay. So I'm like, so there's a beach house and um, there's a children's foundation in Maryland, mm-hmm. um, Believe in Tomorrow, where you could stay at the beach house for a week. So we went there once and then um, she wanted to go back. So I said, let me see if the if the house is available. So it was available, you know, we went. And on the way, you know, we got in the car, I started driving like literally five minutes from the house. She was like, she looked out the window. Oh, that's it, the end of Zoe. So I said, I said, what? I said the end of Zoe. I'm like, "What are you saying?" I'm like, "Don't say that." You know, but I didn't know that um it, it was the beginning of the end. Right. You know, cuz that was in September. So we had that moment together at the yeah. beach and we spent time together there and then we came back and then um you know, I had um Something we had like a family um, function in Atlanta. We went to Atlanta, and you know, I asked the doctor, I'm like, Is she okay to travel? Oh, yeah, she's good. We went to Atlanta, and you know, um, then we were in Florida, and while in Florida, like she um, puked and aspirated. Wow, and then we ended up in the children's hospital there which that was crazy in itself too, because she, she had a pulse ox, So we, she was connected to um, gadgets that could always check the oxygen, especially after being on life support. So, um, you know, she knew how to work the machine because sometimes she's like, that's so annoying. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, what are you, so, you know, we always had it and it was, it got to the point, I'm like, yeah, do we really need to, but she was always connected to it. So she was aspirating; like the numbers were not going back up. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, it's a call the ambulance!" And they would took like a year; it felt like a year and a day. So I'm like running from the front door, running back to the bedroom. We get to the hospital now. They um, took X-rays and said that um, uh, she aspirated; there was some fluid on her lungs. uh, You know. So we had to be helicoptered to another hospital. And then we were there and then she ended up on on life support again. So I'm like, oh my God. But then, you know, on the way to these things, she said that again, I was like, that's the end of Zoe. And I'm like, I said, why did you say that? So it's like, she knew, knew you know? And from there, you know, I was in Florida at the Children's Hospital. I'm like, we have to get back to New York. That was another struggle because of health insurance to transfer from one hospital to another. Right. If they feel like the level of service that you're receiving is comparable, they're not going to send you. I'm like, listen, we got to get to New York, you know, right. and if she's going to go, we're not going in Florida. Right. So we had to go back and forth, which I had to appeal. And I'm like the appeal queen now because (laughs) with health insurance, I had to do so many appeals along the journey. But you know, we got out of we got out of Florida. They had they put her on a um, on a private jet, flew her into Jersey, got her back into the hospital, and it was just like she never really she never came off. Um, life support. Right. Um, you know, like she was still awake right. when we could communicate. And it kind of took me back to when she was first diagnosed that, you know, she fell asleep and just never woke up. Right. So it's kind of the same thing. They gave her medication that was supposed to help her, supposed to make you sleepy for a couple of days, and then right. you wake up. And it was like she just was not waking up. And every day, I'm like checking her eyes and checking, right. and she never woke up. So it was almost like she fell asleep, kind of um, went back into a coma, and she she never woke up.
1: Wow, wow.
2: So yeah, so that was that's the story with that.
1: And it's just it, um, but uh, before that. Before I'm just so tongue-tied because it's just so emotional. Yeah. that's one thing a parent should never have to go through is um, burying their kid. It should be the kid burying their child. Mm-hmm. And for her to be that young, you know, full of life, full of exuberance, you know, I, she probably could have did. She probably could have been the president of the United States. One day, <laughs> yeah. First woman, you no,
2: know, she <laughs> vocal to be whoever she wanted to be,
1: <laughs> right? But, um, um, it's up to you if you feel comfortable to talk about it. But um, what was the last words she said to you before you know they gave her the the medication? She fell asleep and never woke up.
0: Um,
2: you know, um a basic that you know you tell her that you love her and she says it she loves me but it i never expected her to you know to not wake up so it was not it was never a goodbye you know mm-hmm. zoe has always defined odds every time they put a time stamp on her life she always woke up you know yeah
1: definitely um Before we end this amazing conversation, you know, you you're like She-Ra to me, (laughs) seriously. You're a a (laughs) She-Hero in my eyes. Um, Tell me about the foundation and what you want people to know about the foundation and know the the life that uh, Zoe, uh, the legacy of uh, your daughter, Zoe.
2: Well, for Zoe, um, the, the foundation, when she passed away, you know, I really, it was never my thought process to do a foundation. And then when she passed away, I'm like, oh my God, I have to do something. Like I literally took three months to myself away from everybody and just put the website together. I did, you know, the paperwork and stuff like that. And I said, I'm going to start this. And that's why when the country was shutting down, it was like, you know, the 501c3 came in, things came in and I'm like, oh, we are official. So <laughs> like, we're going to launch, you know, and the foundation was really to um, to give back because along the journey, like we got to do certain things because of other um foundations like with make a wish sending us to hawaii you know that was um her wish and it was like we got to experience certain things because of other foundations i think it's important to give back you know so i started this and i figured we keep her memory and her legacy alive we can also help cancer families we help families directly i have um put seven um programs because I felt that was things that are important you know and I don't do research if there's ever a time when there's a research for her particular disease which is penoblastoma if there's ever a research specifically for that then I would consider that at that time but right now all our funding go directly back to the families you know right so with the foundation, um, it, we've been in existence for a year and a half. Um, we're having an event on Saturday. Saturday, well, Friday is her birthday. She would have been eight, so it's her eighth heavenly birthday. So I had this idea to go lime. I know last year we were in Times Square. It was um, Everything was shut down. You couldn't really have a function. So we kind of just celebrated in the street, you know, we had gift bags in the street, We people had um, the opportunity to speak and to say different things. And we just celebrated with friends and family that were there throughout the journey, you know? And then I figured this year, it's her birthday, it's Childhood Cancer Month, we're not going back to Times Square.
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
2: like, what could we do? So I have this idea, it's like, you know what? Life give you lemons, but I'm like, yeah, we're green, we're gonna go lime. Awesome. So I decided to to go Lime, and we're having um, this event. But the event, it's not your typical, because I feel like um, with Zoe, she was fashion. She was a lot of things, you know. So we are launching. I know last year we did a seven-piece nail polish collection for her seventh birthday. This year we're doing an eight-piece collection. Wow. So we have eight new shades, Um I'm also launching uh, a uh, piece lip gloss and it's beauty for a cause. All of the proceeds go back to the foundation which goes back to the families. So it's kind of setting the foundation up to kind of just sustain itself. Right. And also be true to Zoe, like she loved to do her nails. She did her nails in the hospital. She loved um, lip gloss. She loved fashion. We wore a lot of headpieces. You know, she also had a shunt in her head, which kind of regulated the fluid.
1: Right.
2: But she wore a lot of turbans and a yeah. lot of headbands. And then there was times with chemo, her hair was thin. Her hair was different length because of that. So hats and headpieces we wore a lot of. So um we're launching that this weekend. This is one of the hats. It's a green fedora. Thank you. It's a hundred percent velour. Like we have cashmere beanies. It's 100% cashmere. So all the pieces, they're really, um, you know, like luxury pieces. It, it's not a little, um, I don't want to say cheapy, but we're it's, it's luxury pieces. The lip glosses are um, organic. They're cruelty-free. They're made in the USA. The nail polish is the same. It's cruelty-free. It's made in the USA. So they're good products. And it's, you know, beauty for a cause, fashion for a cause, and that's our brand within the foundation, you know?
1: And that's awesome and you're doing great work and anything you need help with, let me know, I'll help. Did I do Zoe great service with my colors? Yes, Yes, you did. My microphone, I know it's not that green, but it's, no,
2: cool. I, I was like, wow, he has a green microphone. But, you know, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you sharing her story. I think that, you know, we just have a unique story because so much has happened and people don't understand the journey. You know, they don't understand that with September's Childhood Cancer Month, like, It might not affect your family, but it's affecting other families. There's different ways that you can help besides just saying, Oh, let me go in my pocket and to donate. Like people feel like, Oh, well, they just want money. It's not just about money, you know? There's so many things you can do to help others to just volunteer your time. And, you know, it's not just you throwing money out.
1: And I totally agree with that. It's like my favorite saying is time is our greatest commodity. And a person's time is worth any amount of money. Don't get me wrong, money will help, but a person's time is so invaluable. So again, thank you for coming on. You're always walking back. When when no things drop, come Mm -hmm. back on to promote it. Um, like I said, you have the home here, even though it says, dad <laughs> is not down, but it's all at the end of the day. It's about changing the narrative and having a great conversation. Um, before we, um, ended, do you have any blast thing you want to say?
2: <laughs> well, I don't want people to, um, just know Zofia as An inspiration, you know, she wasn't a little girl that wanted people to know she was sick. She she never claimed that she was sick. She always told people, I'm not sick. You know, Jesus is healing me. Jesus is making me better. She even said that she dreamt of Jesus, you know. She's like, I dreamt of Jesus. He said, Thank you, Zoe. (laughs) I'm like, shouldn't you say thank you to him? He said thank you to me. Yeah. So she was that type of a child that, you know, when she didn't have the feeding tube in her nose. No one knew that she was sick. When she was at what I had on, she was like a regular child. And that's what she wanted to do. That's what most of these, um, well, pretty much all the cancer kids want. They, they want to be normal. They want to live a normal life and they can't, you know, and they don't want the pity party. They don't want people to feel sorry for them. They want to do things on their own. They want to keep trying and, and they want to be able to stand on their own. And that's the type of child that she was. And, you know, her story and her memory is to bring inspiration to others and let them know no matter what's going on in your life. Like, you know, you can still do, you can still overcome, you can still define odds and just be an inspiration to other people.
1: And that's so true. And um, on that note, I feel like we live normal lives. Child Children with uh, cancer live extraordinary lives. Yeah and i'm gonna leave it like that and again thank you for coming on and we are out just make sure you like subscribe and please follow this wonderful organization um and we're out
2: peace thank you
0: So for you, yeah, yeah.